say it, Bitter? Um, maybe a little bit more my fault and the right fault back if that's We're starting a new series this week that will go for the next 12 weeks. Um, I've titled it Warrant of Fitness. And in part, I've thought about how do I present this? I'm not particularly interested, nor am I qualified to give you a warrant of fitness on your physical health. And God knows we don't really love that anyway, right? (laughs) This is about your spiritual health. How do we evaluate who we are before God? How do we look at ourselves? How is our journey? How are we chugging along in our relationship with God? I use the whole car analogy to, um, I thought, if there's one inanimate object on this planet that looks more like a human being, I thought it'd be a car. I mean, think about it. No, seriously, think about it. It's created, and it's created wonderfully, right? You ever see a brand-new car? It's amazing. You know, it's, it's complex. It's detailed. It's, it's, it's amazing. And believe it or not, you, might, you could say every car is actually quite unique. There's something about a car that just doesn't matter if they're all Toyota Corollas. They're all different in their own little way. You know, um, they're all built for a purpose, kind of like us humans, in a sense. I think the one thing, if, if we could think that cars had feelings, I think the one thing a car, I would imagine, would be most fearful of, apart from maybe an accident or maybe even rush hour traffic, um, would be the warrant of fitness. You imagine, how, well, some of us can't imagine it because we've been through it. You'd, you'd be picked apart, you'd be prodded, you'd be tested. And imagine the car before going into the Warren of Fitness being quite worried, a bit of anxiety. What are they going to pull out? What are they going to change? Am I fit enough? 
Are my owners going to get rid of me? Am I worth it? I mean, these are some of the questions I think we as humans face, don't we? The fascinating thing about cars, you know, I've heard people call them great servants, but a car is not a servant. A car is a slave. A car will only do what you tell it to do. And if it doesn't, we get pretty angry at the car, eh? When little lights go on and you don't know about it, how do you react to the car? Smack the steering wheel. When you, get a, when you get a speeding ticket, who's to blame? The car, I wasn't going that fast. There's a problem with the speedometer. The car's not a servant, it's a slave. It moves to the will of its owner. At the beginning of 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter opens up with this verse. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, for some of us conservative, older people, the whole woke culture has kind of got us all unhinged, and I hear that there's this very strong anti-woke culture in our world today, especially amongst us Christians. But let me tell you, it was Bible translators that began the whole woke culture to begin with. Woke. Don't worry. Go read it on Google later on. <laughs> A servant of the apostle Jesus Christ that's not the right word because the Greek word is doulos. Sorry, guys, I might need a change of battery here. Um, doulos. Doulos means slave. And the interesting part about this word is throughout the whole New Testament, Bible translators just felt maybe slave's too harsh a word to use. We've got to lighten it up. We don't want to be... Mm, Let's go with servant. And so for 130 times in the New Testament, doulos is translated as servant. Anyone want to ask, what's the difference between a servant and a slave? Ownership, doesn't have a choice. Servant can lead. In ancient times, when people were reading this book from Peter, and Peter's not the only one, Paul does it, John does it, when they're reading this, the word slave comes with a big, big and heavy bag. The Romans were wonderful slave makers. And we think of freed slaves, you know, people who have a bit of debt that they've got to pay off, because that happened in the old ancient times as well. They were considered slaves because they had to pay a debt off. But when he's talking about slaves here, he's talking about ownership. And slaves had no rights. None whatsoever. They had nothing. And usually, especially in Roman times, if the owner died, the slaves were thrown alive onto the funeral pyre that was burning as part of the man or the person's ownership. So when Peter says this, I'm a doulos, there's so much more. And in fact, I think the Bible's translators don't realise the impact that servant has done to the church. Because in a sense, a servant has a choice. 
A slave doesn't. A car doesn't have a choice. It's there to do a job. It's there for the purpose of the driver. So what is Peter saying here? Jonathan Edwards uh, wrote extensive diaries. Uh, He was a Christian man, a great thinker, theologian, writer, Christian man, about 200, 200, 300 years ago. And in his diary, when he turned 19, he came into a relationship with God and he wrote this. He said, I have been before God and have given myself all that I am and have to God so that I am not in any respect my own. I can challenge no right in this understanding, this will, these affections which are in me. Neither have I any right to this body or any of its members. No right to this tongue, these hands, these feet. No right to these senses, these eyes, these ears, this smell or this taste. I have given myself clear away and have not retained anything as my own. That's pretty intense, huh? He understood the concept of doulos. He understood what it meant not to be a servant, but a slave to Christ. Os Guinness, in his book, The Call, he says this. He says, our primary calling as followers of Christ is by him, to him, and for him. First and foremost, we are called to someone, God, not to something such as motherhood, politics, or teaching, or to somewhere such as inner city or outer Mongolia. Our secondary calling, considering who God is as sovereign, is that everyone everywhere and in everything should think, speak, live, and act entirely for him. How challenging is that? I mean, it's a cliche. We've heard it before. I think there was even a Christian song on it, Jesus Get Behind the Wheel, right? Which is... (laughs) Any of those who have been in the 70s and 80s, that's a song, wasn't it? Take the wheel. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) But the question that we need to ask ourselves, who's driving us or what's driving us? What are we actually living for? What's really driving us? Our brokenness, our need to prove ourselves to others, social media, our friends. What drives us? What truly drives us? I can tell you what it is for me. I might come across as this very secure very strong and slightly good looking. I might come across as this strong, purposeful guy, but I have this huge problem that hamstrings me every time. And that is my need to feel not only loved, but to please people. It drives me. 
absolutely drives me. The worst thing I've had said to me, this person didn't most probably understand how bad it was, but it was here in this church just a couple, few years ago. He came to me and he, he offered this suggestion. He said to me, Rob, wouldn't it be great if you didn't preach and we just got these great preachers from around the world up on the screen? Now, you kind of laugh about it, but that killed me. That killed me. Those, I had two responses. One, I wanted to lash out, and being as stubborn as I am sometimes, I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm a world-great preacher. And another part of me said, you're not good enough. You never were. You never will. And this has driven my ministry for years. My kids are a testament to my failure. Because as the pastor, and they were pastors' kids, I forced them to live a life that wasn't theirs, to act in a way that wasn't right. And they suffered for that. And you still know what drives me? How do I make, up, how do I make that up? You know why I don't have any problem with any kid coming up here playing the drums? Because I wish I'd done it for my kids. That's what drives me. Now, I don't want you coming after the service saying, I'm a great preacher. You're a great preacher. I've done this and that. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear what drives you. Because there are times in which I really need to hold on to the steering wheel. Mostly because I feel like if I don't, this will crash. You know... We all have something that drives us. We all have it deep within us. And people tell me, oh, Rob, you share so much from the front. I wish we could share it from the back. That's what makes us different. As we grow in Christ, these things get spotlighted on us. As we grow in our relationship with him, as we walk with him, these things need to come out. They can't stay in here. They need to come out. And the more honest we are with ourselves, the more we allow God to work in us. You know, that comment wasn't a bad one. In fact, I feel I've grown enough that I can actually take my hands off the wheel this morning and I'm going to let somebody else continue this sermon because they can do it better than me. And it's not a curse, it's a blessing. Listen in. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a, a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, <laughs> but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. 
You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything you like that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here, that would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, you compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with you don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I gotta admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know? I'll stay right here, and then, you That's know... That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish, it's garbage. 
The greatest thing you're ever gonna hear is at the end of your life, when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize, heavenward. That hurts. Oh, trust me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both. What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. Just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not for me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me, I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know, reach your back pocket. What? Reach your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on, it's, it's a name, it's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying, it's more than a name. I wanna teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my gosh. You know what that is? 
Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me, then use me then. God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. No, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you. But maybe for the first time in your life the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece.